everybody to a very special episode of Random Encounter, the RPG Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Steinman, Pale Robbie on the boards. Joining me today, we have the man, I'm going to call you Chaz. Is that okay, Steven? That's perfectly fine. I'm busy, though. Oh, for God's sake. We're not even there yet. Uh, who do we think John is? John strikes me as either Ren or... Ren. Kyra. <laughs> I take that back. That was a, That was... I will was unwanted and not all that clever. It's going to throw a boomerang at you. Okay, well, it's I'll go throw with... throw two slashers at me. I'm I, a slasher. He's like Rune. So, John, go ahead. Wait, wait, wait. No, uh, can I be Rune? No, shut up. This is uh, John McCarroll. I am executive editor, and I'm going to go with Ren. I like being... No, I like Ren. Okay, that's cool. No. Wait, what? I like Ren. That's that's too bad. This isn't fair. Ren, okay. Ren doesn't have opinions, Rob. Rob, you strike me You have too Demi. many. What am I? If you say... Oh, thank you. Okay. Uh, Derek is our Han. No. Why, why do I have to be Han? I'd rather be Alice. What about Grizz? Grizz is okay. He's kind of freaky. I'm Grizz gonna just kind of shows up. I'm going to hit him with my axe. Derek, go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, Derek Eamsbergen. Uh, do news sometimes when I feel like it, and I'm Embryon on the boards. All right. So if uh, you guys can no doubt tell, we're going to talk about Chrono Trigger today. So uh, Really? I was thinking we were going to talk about Metroid. Oh, there you go. Uh, no, we're going to talk a lot about Fantasy Star 4. Um, we've all kind of been playing it this summer and kind of an old classic. We're trying something a little different this time for the podcast, maybe talking about old games a little bit as we're in the middle of this summer slump. So before we talk about the the game, the culmination of the Fantasy Star universe, I think it's important to take a little trip down memory lane to the uh, very first Fantasy Stars. So, Stephen, give us a little bit of background on Fantasy Star here a little bit. I'm sure you have the Wikipedia page open and you can help us out. <laughs> Actually, I don't have the Wikipedia page open because I have memorized it. Freak. Um, okay. So, yeah, back in the day, the uh, Sega Master System uh, had fa- the original Fantasy Star, which... I, I can't remember when the first Final Fantasy came out, but I'm pretty sure Fantasy Star came after. And uh, it was see. Fantasy Star was December 20th, 1987 in I Japan. Think Final Fantasy was like February or something, wasn't it? Final Fantasy was December 18th, 1987. Wow. Interesting. Okay, well, what you basically had there are two completely different takes on the JRPG. Um you know, Final Fantasy was, you know, very open-ended and it had a plot, but it was pretty loose. Uh, Fantasy Star, the original, uh, had a female protagonist, which was, like, unheard of. And not only that, but she was a total badass. Um, and she had a cat. Was, yeah, she had a cat named Meow. And the Meow. cat could be eaten. Uh, she had a cat named Meow. And uh, it was pretty much a story of revenge. And I mentioned it when we did our, um, our Top 10 Girls of Gaming feature. Uh, I'm sorry if I called it the wrong title, but you know what I mean. And, um, you know, rather than being, you know, oh, you know, I'm looking for, you know, I want to save the world or, you know, I'm looking for love or some stupid cliche. I mean, she was looking to kick someone's ass. And that was totally just way out there for that time period. And not only that, the game itself was just, you know, it was just awesome. I mean, they had this, you had three different planets, you had, you know, betrayal, you had all this, you know, just, it was really just a great example of where the JRPG was at that point. And it was kind of the antithesis to Final Fantasy because it was just, you know, every character had a set role and, you know, the the plot was a little more focused and it was just, it was unlike anything else at the time. And it was great. Well, you also had the fact that it was a first-person dungeon crawler. Very right? true. Um, the, and I think they actually advertised it as being 3D. Um, 
unlike Final Fantasy, the original Fantasy Star was, you know, when you're in dungeons, it was first person, a lot like Shining in the Darkness or like uh, Shining the Holy Ark. Mm-hmm. And um, since we're doing the old games, I'm using old references. And, uh, you know, it was just it was really cool. And then when the second one came out, uh, some people were a little surprised because the second one was, you know, top down. It was a lot more, you know, you know, the main character was a male and it took place 2000 years after the first one. And it looked like it had kind of dumped a lot of the stuff that their original had. But as you played it, you realize that wasn't at all the case. You know, you still have the three planets. You had a really elaborate story for the time. You had a difficulty that made you think the developers hated you. And it's not that's not true. They gave you a guide. Well, but I just remember Fantasy Star 2 and it was one of my first RPGs. And I was playing it on the Sega channel. And so, like, I'm a little kid. I have no idea what an RPG is. I remember firing this thing up. And so I walk out of of town with my cute, cat-eared girlfriend, you know, thinking, okay, well, we're going to go on a magical adventure. She wasn't his girlfriend, but okay. Well, whatever. His his ward. Is that okay? No. Uh, And so then I left the town. I think I walked three spaces. And then, like, two giant bumblebees came after me and nearly killed me. Uh, They were called Waspy. Thank you. As you can no doubt tell, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is a series that is very near and dear to Uh, Steven's heart. Fantasy Star 2 was mean to people. (laughs) It was. It was mean. It had lots of rewards, but it was very cool. (laughs) Would you like to save anywhere? Okay, you need to make sure that you have this thief character, and you're going to do this (laughs) thing that we're never going to tell you that you need to do. Also, do you know what Sue does? Do you know what Watt does? Or Watt's kind of obvious. How about uh, Medjid? Yeah, go ahead and cast that when you're almost dead. Have some fun with that one. Yeah, it, it, there's this really interesting naming structure with the whole Fantasy Star series. Uh, and I've really been struggling it as we play the fourth one, like not knowing what each spell does. There's nothing to tell. Like you'll just use a spell and it will say not effective. And you're like, well, and I don't know I, what it meant to do. <laughs> I swear to you, Rob, it's worse in two because like I, like I said, I've – Two is four is so near and dear to my heart, as you said, that at this point I've memorized everything in that game. I can tell you anything about it. But two, I haven't played as much. And you get some characters in two. Every character has their own unique set of skills. You get this guy Kane, and he's got all these moves, and you're like, what the hell did these moves do? Wasn't there? You could have an herbalist in two, or was it a? I was a biologist. Biologist. You. (laughs) Let me put it this way: Hugh is Han, only like half the stats. Sorry, Derek. <laughs> he is, without a doubt, the worst character in the series, and that's why... I don't know what I did to deserve this, but go on. <laughs> why is Derek Hugh? I thought no, he was Han. No, he's Han. He's Han. No, Han's they demoted me. They demoted me, apparently. <laughs> no, that's not a demotion. Han is cool. Han has the vol spells. Han can instantly kill people, and he has the cool daggers that sell for like a ton of money. Han has the fashion sense of a lab rat. <laughs> Dude, he's a scientist. All right, you know what? Never mind. Forget well, Fantasy, Fantasy Star 2, like, I barely played it, but then I, I looked back on it, and, you know, I, I watched some YouTube videos about it and whatnot. And it, you're talking about a game where you become, like, a terrorist to this civilization. Like, everyone hates you after the first couple hours of this game. It's like, for that game to be released at such an early point in the Genesis life cycle, and for them to be trying to create this really overarching narrative that is is dealing with... A whole society that hates you. It, it's very sci. It's sci-fi mixed with medieval, which I I think is why I loved it so much. Is that it wasn't just different from Final Fantasy in terms of its look and its playstyle, but also just from the overall narrative structure. Like you're sitting there and you're getting like androids to be part of your party, and that's always cool. And yeah, it 
yeah, I, I could I could spew a love story about this, but in the interest of being fair to our main topic, I'll go on to the next one. Which is the one that everyone's kind of like, eh? Exactly. You know what? As a kid, I, I was like Rob. I played four on Sega Channel, and I was like, this is badass. And I, you know, lost my save ten times, and then finally I got sick. Actually, what happened was uh, I got hit in the head by a piece of wood, and I had stitches, and I was practically unconscious. And so my parents said, hey, we'll go out and buy you a game. So I was like, oh, dude, I'm going to buy that Fantasy Star 4 game. Well, I went out, and I didn't know what the box looked like, and I ended up with Fantasy Star 3. Ooh. And I had already gotten to Zealand, the satellite, in Fantasy Star 4 on Sega Channel uh, and lost my save. Uh, so I knew very well what the game was all about. So I played 3, and I was like, what is this nonsense? And as a kid, I hated it. I never wanted to play it. You know, like the battle theme, the battle loop is like two and a half seconds long if you don't actually play. Well, that game was made... It was released the year after Fantasy Star 2, I believe. And so it was like you had one team working on Fantasy Star 2, another team working on Fantasy Star 3, and then 3 comes out, and all the stuff that I've been talking about, like the science fiction angle, that's all. It it appears to be gone. It comes back. The thing is, you know, it's a lot like King's Quest 3. King's Quest 3, you start out and you're a slave kid, and then it turns out later that you're the prince of the kingdom, and, you know, you actually, it is a King's Quest. Fantasy Star 3 starts out, and it's not even remotely related to the other ones. You know, the, the some of the skills are the same, and, you know, you get a version of Fuoren. Uh, in Japanese, he was Fuoren, I think, uh, or Shiren. I can't, all right, you know, they're getting really random. But, you know, you get androids, and so they're, like, they're remnants of the other games. But, you know, you're like, what the heck? And then you play it more, and, you know, as, as in a, I played it, you know, in college, finally, and beat it. And I actually really liked it, because... It had the guts to have a different take on that series. What it, what it ends up being, and I guess we're past the statute of limitations for spoilers, is that in Fantasy Star 2, a planet gets destroyed and all these different ships are escaping. And in Fantasy Star 3, you're on one of those ships and it turns out that the main antagonist of 2, Dark Force, has like spawned himself numerous times, which plays into Fantasy Star 4. And there's one of them on this ship causing it, you know, it's a, it's a world ship. It's an entire world on one ship. And he's trashing it. And think, it turns out that it's very well related. I think one thing I love about the Fantasy Star series is that you're not just fighting some evil dude who's out to destroy the universe. You're fighting literally the embodiment of pure, pure hate evil. and darkness. Like, you are fighting something that would make Satan blush. You're not yeah. You're not fighting Kuja, who's just mad. You're not fighting Sephiroth, who has mommy issues. Yeah, you, you will just... not reason with Dark Force. Chaz isn't going to go, oh, Dark Force, we feel bad for him. we got to go back and save him in the Aoife tree. It's not going to happen. Yeah, this this thing is just hate and pain, and, and I love that. Battle music is awesome in every game, and it usually indicates hate. But now, you know, wasn't... Now, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't he named Dark Phallus into? No. What Which, it is, in the what first Fantasy there? Star, he was always called Dark Force. But in Fantasy Star 1, it, was, it wasn't it was mistranslated because I think they knew it was supposed to be Force, but they wanted to make it sound cooler. So they oh. named him Dark Falls, F-A-L-Z. And then in 2, he became Dark Force, and in 3 and 4. Um, and then in Fantasy Star 4, you can fight in the final dungeon... Um, a random encounter that is the final boss of Fantasy Star 1, and it's called Prophallus, which is just horrible. Because, yeah. I mean, it's flat out called Prophallus. <laughs> and is... then in <laughs> Fantasy Star Online, I guess as a throwback to the classics, the final boss is called Dark Falls. Which is just one of those situations where it's like, really? Uh, but uh, So Fantasy Star 3, I think, it's a game that I definitely want to play because it's called Generations of Doom, and it's all about 
you know, you going out and you get to you get your choice of who you're going to marry and then your offspring take on the characteristics of whoever you take as your wife. So you have multiple storylines, you know, multiple endings. And I think that I, that's that's really that, cool. That was I, incredibly I, unique for the time. I love the simplification, though. It's like, oh, congratulations. You defeated this evil at the end of this generation. Who do you want to marry? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like, who do you love? It's like. I'm going to be your woman, honey. <laughs> yeah. Do you want the girl with green hair or the girl with well, blue hair? What's interesting is is the whole – Everyone had magic. More yeah, more complicated as you say, you know, it's not who you love. Well, in the first generation, one of the marriages is a political marriage. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Very yeah. Game, very Game of Thrones. Sorry. I yeah, didn't... so I think if – even now, if if you really like Fantasy Star and you've never been able to beat three, if you can play three without assuming, oh, this should be two or four, because, I mean, neither, neither of those are fair, because it's not, it's not like two, and it's definitely not as good as four, but if you love that story, three has a really interesting take on it that sort of a lot of people thought, you know, Fantasy Star Online takes place in that world ship, so a lot of people thought, you know, it was kind of a spinoff, and that's really what three is, it's a spinoff, because, you know... It has all those familiar elements. They just don't present themselves as quickly, and the art style isn't as colorful or vibrant or, I guess, anime-inspired. So, you know, and it's a lot slower paced. So some people got frustrated, and I can understand that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a game that I definitely want to try again. And I, I think with without the blinders on, like, even as a little kid going from 2 to 3 to 4, I was like, whoa, like... I can see 4 being the sequel to 2, but 3 to me was just right out. Yeah. But I, I want to try it again. Yes. You know, it's a it, it's it's an interesting expansion on the universe, and they did that a lot because they had the Game Gear graphic novels, and they had you know all that. So I mean, they did expand on those characters a lot. It's just it didn't give people what they wanted, which was the next you know a thousand years later, Dark Falls is back, and he's super mean. Right, right, right. Now I I think we're ready to start with four, unless everybody has anything else. Now you know one thing. Just I'm I'm looking at the wiki entry for three, and I had no idea that. There, the the you can sell the boots of the main character at the very beginning and buy an escapipe. And you can break the game. Yeah, and you break the game. The king yeah, and will... he tells. Yeah, I did it as a kid. Actually, I didn't even do it on purpose because I I like oh man, I'm gonna buy monomates. And as a kid, I didn't realize what armor was for. So I just took it all off and sold <laughs> it because I was like, I'm gonna buy some healing items. And I bought an escape pipe because I played Fantasy Star Four, and I was like, oh yeah, those are helpful. Oops. What <laughs> happens? I use it um, because the game sets itself up where uh, there's a a line of soldiers that block you into talking to your father so you can activate the event where your wife gets kidnapped. Yeah. And if you use the escape pipe um, after you get captured, I think it is, you go back outside and and it cuts off. It it basically kills the event chain. And so they're like, if you talk to anybody, they go, we're sorry. You've uh, done something we didn't expect. So please reset the game and start over. Well, at least they saw enough to realize that that was a problem. That's kind of like throwing the Castlevania Symphony of the Night CD into a CD player, and Alucard just berates you for yeah, it. it. Track one yes. complete. Wow, I just tried to make a cool reference, and I totally effed it up. <laughs> track one contains computer data, so please don't play it. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> but you and probably Skies of Arcadia did that as well. Yeah. Put us back in the Dreamcast so we can do our job. <laughs> So 4, uh, my first exposure to 4 wasn't when I played it on Sega Channel, actually. It was when I picked up a copy of Game Fan. I, I, was a, I loved Game I Fan as say. a kid. Like, I, I loved that magazine. And so I pick up a copy of Game Fan, and just the front cover 
is like a battle screen from like a painted battle screen from Fantasy Star 4 complete with like the main uh, game fan mascot as like part of the party lineup. I remember looking at that and I was like, wow, this is absolutely gorgeous. I'm interested in playing this game. And then I open up the magazine. and I'm like, that's what the game looks like. And it just blew me away that a game could look this good. And not only that, but also have all the creatures on screen animated. Like, granted, maybe it's only their eyes are glowing. But, but something is moving. Right, something is moving. And, like, the battle animations are huge. Like, this game is gorgeous. Even today, it is a great-looking 16-bit RPG. Yeah, it, 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 it has aged exceptionally well, particularly the cutscenes. Yeah, the, the Fantasy Star Force stands as one of the first cinematic RPGs. And this is, you know, this is a game that was released several years before FMV could be done. Yep. And you can it almost feels like they were trying to make it for Sega CD with the, you know, painted anime backgrounds that depict the story. One of the first things that you do in the game is you get the uh was it the Ashaline or the uh the the potion that Ashlyn, yeah. Ashlyn, the the It's potion called that, something different in Fantasy Star One. Right. Like it's, it's mistranslated. It, the potion that uh, frees this village that's all been turned to stone. And so you get to see this village turning back to normal in these anime cutscenes. There's sounds in the backgrounds, the background, the music changes. And it's really just like you've never played anything like it. And it's the beginning, as John said, of a cinematic RPG. Absolutely. Like, and it really helps some of those scenes because, you know, you would have you know, scenes in Final Fantasy where characters would die and it would be dramatic. Like when Sid dies in Final Fantasy VI. Spoiler! <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> you know, that <laughs> If was, you couldn't bring him enough fish. Yeah, which was totally random. But, you know, and... he Look, he needed, he needed omega fatty acids. <laughs> what the hell was wrong with him? <laughs> he was dying but, of cancer. But, but no, th- right. those anime cutscenes... You know, oh, go ahead. That, I'm sorry, I have all the things to die of in a post-apocalyptic world. That's just stupid. <laughs> Derek, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was going to shout out to um, Breath of Death, or not Breath of Death, but uh, Cthulhu Saves the World by Zaboid Games, um, because he uses that same style, like the comic panel anime cutscene kind of things. Really? As a throwback to Fantasy Star 4. Yeah, that's cool. That's it's cool. really cool. I, and that's I, I, and those are, you know, out there for $3. Plug, plug. I really like those games. <laughs> I've played the first one. I played Breath of Death, but I didn't play Cthulhu Saves the World, but I, I might have to. Yeah, there's a reference in the beginning of Breath of Death where, like, they do the whole panel screen. Because, like, the first panel in the game that you get is when Alice and Chaz, the two hunters on the planet uh, Motavia, they're getting ready to go out on their first mission. And they do, like, this sweeping shot of just this beautifully drawn panel of these two looking over a hill. I just remember, like, something so simple, like, it made you feel like you were going to go on an adventure right from the very start. And Breath of Death has a very similar scene. And I guess, like, these comic book panels are just such an amazing way to depict the story. And it's it's the thing that I think everybody first remembers about Fantasy Star 4 are just these really beautiful painted backgrounds yeah and i'm sorry if i'm monopolizing the conversation Let no me know sure St- steven much. this is your this is your baby man it's fun but um you know those panels like the, some of the scenes like you know when Aris dies in Final Fantasy 7 that's supposed to be super emotional and you know whether or not it was it's up, up to you but you know to watch elise die in four in those cutscenes was when i first played it i mean i was like five i was like in tears i was like this is like watching a cartoon yeah and there's and a- it it's 
so far beyond anything else at the time in terms of storytelling that it explains to you why people are upset or were upset when they announced Fantasy Star Online because they remember those moments that are like brutal in that game because of those cutscenes yep. or those panels. And the story itself is very it, – see, I – having not played a lot of Fantasy Star 2 and practically none of 1 and 3, their story is just all shout-outs to the rest of the saga. Like, but, it, but, but what's nice is that it's not necessary to have played the others. Very true. Very yeah, true. you can get all that backstory from 4, but if you've played the others, you'll sit there and go, that's awesome. Yeah, and it ties everything together. I mean this was meant to be – the like, finale of the series. I mean, the game is called the end of the millennium. Yeah. Like it's about the end of this, uh, star system, these three planets. Well now two, but it's this end of a story. And it's kind of amazing to think about that. Like it's our first real quadrilogy in yeah. video games, like a continuing story arc that just kind of keeps going. Like, did you play, uh, when you were playing 4, Rob, I know you've been playing it recently, did you do the optional dungeon on Motavia in the beginning when you go into the crashed spaceship? Yes. That is, for me, because I, when I first played 4, it was the first one I really played and finished, because I I'd never ended up getting through three until, 3 until way later. And, I mean, I was a big fan of James Maxlow's Fantasy Star page, like, growing up, like, he had this fan site that's tons of information, and so I kind of knew what happened in 2. So to have that, it has it's literally talking about two, and I think that's one of the first times, if not the first time, an RPG really referenced a, a prequel. And I mean, it flat out said, you know, this happened in two, and if you played two, you're sitting there going, this is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just striking to me that you know, and, and I'm not dogging on Final Fantasy. I don't want anybody to think that I love no, the, I love the old Final Fantasy games, but for them. Each Final Fantasy stands on its own. Like it, it has an overall theme. It's usually about crystals. It's usually about some evil empire trying to take over the universe. But like Fantasy Star is a story about a star system. It's a story about characters. Like in Fantasy Star Four, you find the memory of one of the characters from Fantasy Star One. And for you know, I know that we didn't say this explicitly. Wow, we're talking about all the Fantasy Star games. There are going to be spoilers here. They're, um, they're like, what, at this point, 20 years old in some cases? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More yeah. than that. I, Statute is up. Yeah. Where you have Rune, who who is uh, who is Lutz. Yep. He's basically yeah. the, the reincarnation of Noah from the first game. And, uh, you know, you, you, you play Noah in the first game, and then in the second game you meet his descendant, or not his descendant, but the, per, the next, you know, person who carries his memory, and that dude helps you out. And then to have Rune, it's just so cool that there are these consistent you know motifs or concepts that come up in each one and they're all integrated differently but in a really cool way like yeah you know it, it's not sid you know it's not like oh there's a guy named you know there's a guy named lutz or you know in every game it's this is lutz yeah this, this if is you played fantasy star one this is that character four thousand years later is the timeline screwed up there because in four they definitely say that the original alice defeated dark force 2000 years ago is the timeline screwed up there? I, i'm sorry it's every thousand years okay okay well so it, it would be the first first one then a thousand years pass and then the second one and then a thousand years pass and you have the fourth one yeah because the, the second the third one is on some side story the thing that really strikes me about four is that the translation job is actually fairly good like they're, they're mm -hmm. using a lot of verbiage that kind of sets the stage the androids very much talk 
in a science fiction way. Rune is a little bit more mystical, and each character has their own voice. Here's a good example. I was just playing it a second ago, and the scene in the beginning when you're trying to get to uh, Grizz's hometown, Rune has to use his magic to blow open the cave, and he goes, oh, this should be a cinch. That was, like, unheard of. Like, as a kid, I didn't recognize that because, I, you know, I didn't have that much of a you know, concept of, like, you know, language and translation. But to read that now for a game that's that old, to say a phrase like, this is a cinch, I mean, that's like a 90s phrase up in there. Yeah, it, it very much feels localized. It feels like a game that went through a localization process, and that's that's what helps it sound natural. I mean, I think the biggest problem that we've been having in localization, we've talked about this before on the podcast, like, to me, the most natural localization is one where they'll use colloquial sayings for the territory. Like, I think the translation jobs that are just straight translation, they have a hard time resonating with us as Americans because we don't talk like that. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, you get some of the unique Japanese phrases like let's do our best or or Yamate. Yeah. And you know what? And you you get into a pretty interesting argument there because there are people that think that's better. Like when the new Chrono Trigger came out and or not new, but when Chrono Trigger came out on DS and they retranslated it, it was a lot more literal. And so was Final Fantasy VI on Game Boy. And there were some people that were really excited because they were gonna get the original, you know, essence of the text, whereas they weren't gonna get like the Ted Woolsey version. You know, where they had like son of a submariner and all these goofy phrases that were. I localized. love that kind of stuff, though. I don't know. Yeah, I do yeah. too. Like, and so I, you, you get into an interesting argument about that. Is it localization or transliteration? See, and the, uh, I'm so frustrated because John's going to roll his eyes here in a second because I'm going to talk about one of my favorite series again. It wouldn't be a podcast. Hey, if it's like, hey, what, hey, you know what's great is when you have like these characters that have really bizarre names that don't make any sense. Rob, do you know what series that is? Okay. First off, the Jeremy Blaus, but I'm a huge Jeremy Blaustein fan, for example, and Jeremy Blaustein has taken a lot of flack over the translation job on the original Metal Gear Solid. There's a reason really? why he he has taken a lot of flack on that. Like Wasn't Kojima, that awesome? they retranslated uh, Twin Snakes. Yeah, they and they ruined the voice acting. And they ruined it. Like there's parts of it that don't make sense anymore. And the reason is because Blaustein took the general idea of the original Metal Gear Solid and he translated it to make it sound correct in English. Yeah, I mean, it sounded like a movie. Right. Like an American movie. Right, and and that's what I think Fantasy Star 4 does. When you have a very literal translation, sure, you're getting the Japanese culture in that, but it doesn't make for a pleasant listening experience. It makes for a pleasant reading experience. Like, it's it's the reason I'm okay with uh, reading subtitles in an an anime or something, but it doesn't feel right when you hear it. And and you know what? I think that's... That's where a lot of the older JRPGs and and why we go, oh, man, dialogue is so awful in JRPGs nowadays, because, you know what, if you were just reading it, it wouldn't be so bad. Like, I couldn't imagine playing Fantasy Star 4 with voice acting because they say some pretty stupid stuff. Yeah, no, they definitely do. Somebody withholding information from me is the sixth most dangerous thing in this world. (laughs) <laughs> well, but it's still – but what I mean to say is that the, the translation job is still fun. I, You know, it's what, s- fun. Same, same sequence. I would love to have someone voice act where the old man, you know, where you go through the sequence and he says, do you want to know – do you want Sorry. Do you want to know about this? No. Do you want to know about this? No. Do you want to know about this? No. Do you want to know Alice Brangwyn's measurements? <laughs> 30 starting at the top 36 42 thwack 
And then you know what, dude? You get those animations where, like, she would come out and punch him or one like this. I don't think you've done the side quest yet, Rob. Maybe you have. Where uh, you have to help this sick kid. So Chaz does some sweet sword moves. And you actually get to see the sprites do that. Final Fantasy never did that ever until... Um, six. Ever. Well, no, I don't six, even think six, six did that. Six has pretty radical sprite maneuvers. Yeah, their sprites were mostly just like shocked faces and jumping around. I mean, they were good, yeah, but like, they didn't you know, when, have like the full-on like, dynamic animations. Yeah, like when people threw something, like they would just do their victory pose from battle and something would fly out of their hand or, <laughs> you know, that. But I think that uh, we haven't even gotten to the, I think, the best part of Fantasy Star 4, which is... Everything? Well, yes, but it's also the fact that this combat system is so much fun you macros know, I, yes why look if you have a turn-based game <laughs> anyone in video games why don't you have a macro system like uh fantasy star force i mean honestly why don't you so for those who john, are john m at rpgfan.com if you develop rpgs that are turn-based please let me know every time why you do not have a macro system so for to elaborate for those who aren't in the know, what Fantasy Star 4 allows you to do is you can build macros like a, an MMO. You can assign all your attacks, and I think they let you save like 15 different yeah, no, macros it's, Yeah, it's like, like A through H or A through M or something like that. Like, you get a bunch. Yeah, and so you can set up these macros to make it so that every character does a specific action. And the battle system is already really snappy. Like, the enemies don't usually have a lot of hit points. They usually take two hits to kill. Of course, so do you. True, exactly. Like, everybody hits really hard in this game. So, like, you have these macros developed, and it helps because this game has an insanely high enemy encounter rate. But they're over so fast. I mean, you can win some fights with macros. You could win a fight in, like, a turn. Under 10 seconds. Exactly. This is the problem that I had with Radiant Historia, which was that the battles just went a little too long. And that's why I love Fantasy Star 4 and why I love the Persona series, because they reward you for thinking and planning. And they let you get over with the battle quickly. Like your movements through the dungeon, it becomes a war of attrition. Like how much further can I go through this dungeon before I run out of TP, before I run out of magic points necessarily? necessarily well, if you're not a pansy, you won't get hit. Right. How long can I make it? And it's really intense in that way. And I think that that's this is my favorite kind of JRPG where the battles are over nice and quick, but they're still challenging. I have died repeatedly playing this game, like not on random battles, but like the bosses, the bosses. If you screw up one round, you're done. If you don't, it's not easy. You don't get the buff spells on the boss. You're dead. But what's nice, too, is that. Fantasy Star 4 gives you the ability to recover. You know what? You can lose three of your party members. And still come back. Yeah, and come back and resurrect them. And as long as you are doing what you need to do to get everyone back and everyone healed up, you can have your entire party back and you can be going and hitting. It's What's nice about Fantasy Star is that unless you're going through a dungeon and you are using TP like there's no tomorrow, chances are you're not going to run out of TP on a boss fight. Because you have your your uh, techniques, skills. yeah, you know, your skills. That's it. Techniques are the magic. So you have your skills that have you know X number well, of uses, but don't take up TP. If you're going to get into the lore of the game, technically, skills are the magic, and techniques are techniques. Um, yeah. But like, now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, because the androids can use skills. Okay, no, no, no. Here's, by, the, here's by, the dealio. Uh, techniques are not magic. They are skills that people can learn 
their their techniques you know like you can learn it you know but through practice magic is the ancient lost art of you know magic and that's why that's why rune calls his moves magic and that's why rune is the only character who has his skills are magical spells because well, he's thought, using I old thought, school magic i thought raja knew magic um yeah raja raja kyra and rune can you oh, okay and do they, uh do they talk in the old fantasy stars about what an esper is an esper is just a type of people that live on Desilus. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and you know they're just, they're basically just fancy pants magical people. That's another thing I love about this game is that it makes sense when you find equipment. Like you don't suddenly walk into a Matavia armor store and or a weapon store and buy a pulse rifle. <laughs> you find them in the more science fiction areas and like the crashed landing site or on a space station. So like Ren isn't walking in as a giant Android going, I want your biggest pulse rifle. And you know what? What's really cool about that. I agree. Totally Rob. There's a dungeon. Um, and I can't remember which one it is, but it's one of the tech dungeons and you find an unlimited repair kit dispenser. And it's the place you go to if you want to buy healing items for your androids, because for those people who are young or haven't played it, Androids cannot use techniques because yes, they don't and, have mental power and they can't be healed by normal magic or normal items. You that, have to use a repair kit. You know what? And it's great. And then all the all the all the androids have their own repair skills. But then if you just walk around in dungeons, they regain hit points as I they know. repair themselves. That's so awesome. When I finally got Ren in my party, I just put him right in the front. And oh, he yeah. just takes the brunt of the attacks. But Ren is your truck. But but at the same time, you have to be careful. Like he has the ability to recover his own hit points, and you have to be careful because he will drop if you go too far. Like if you push yourself too hard and you let that high enemy encounter right. So they're even though they're throwing you a bone by like having letting you have an android that recovers hit points, they're still saying be careful. Like on the still... other hand, though, the repair kits revive them too. So. If you can get enough repair kits, they're actually the easiest characters to fix, which is cool because they're machines. And all, and if they drop in battle, once you finish the battle, they come back with one hit point. Though mm-hmm. so, um, Stephen just linked us a the final battle from Fantasy Star Three. I forgot that the end boss is in a treasure chest. Yep, and he looked goofy as hell. <laughs> I need to. Okay, I'm gonna watch that after we're done. <laughs> you know what? I'm not gonna lie. The final boss song in Fantasy Star Three is badass. I am just – it's amazing to me because uh, we talked a while back. I think I think it was when we were first talking about the uh, the women in RPGs. Fantasy Star 4 was like my opening into RPGs. Like Same. I played it on Sega Channel. It was just what the hell is this Fantasy Star game? Let me let me try it. And it just – it kicked my butt, but I loved it. And, be, and it was so hard to find. You know, you couldn't go find it in a store. It was like $70 it, or something. Fantasy Star 4 was 100 when it came out. Like it is – it was brutal. Like, if you can find that game, it's awesome. So, like, this was the opening RPG. My box. It, this was the opening RPG for me, and I never had an opportunity to finish it. And I'm right now, like, just about ready to beat it. And we're talking about almost like 15 years later. I'm finally going to beat this game, and it's it's kind of emotional for me. It's kind of amazing to think that this was a game that started my love of RPGs. It's the reason I'm writing on this website and podcasting. And like I played this before Final Fantasy VI. I remember my buddy Nathan was like, "Well, he didn't like Fantasy Star IV when he saw it, and he was like, oh, you got to play this.'" And I played Final Fantasy VI, and that's how I started with that whole area. But like, it's kind of the end of an era for me right now. I'm gonna beat this damn game finally. I can't wait till you get to the last boss because the last boss is so '90s but so awesome. Is it and a giant tree? 
The no. I'm, no, it's... No, that's dude, Suikoden 4. Dude, the final boss in Fantasy Star 4 looks more badass than any final boss in any Final Fantasy well, fact. We're talking about Dark Force, and at one point, you gain a party member, <laughs> and it's like for one dungeon, you gain a party member, and everyone's kind of looking at him like, uh, who's Why this are guy? all your moves pure evil? Yeah, why, why is this guy, like, using the most evil moves in the game? And he turns into Dark Force, and this guy, like... The animation of this guy is just awesome. Like he's this big skeletal hook armed mother effer ready to kick your in ass. The, oh, dude. Like that's the thing is it hit like the whole game is just so like hard hitting. Like I, I wish I, I hope you understand what I'm saying when I say that. Like everything is punchy in that game. Like things the only word I can come up for it is everything is badass in that game. It's like, like what you have when you fight the last boss, it's this bass heavy song that's just like pump in the base and it's just like you know what this is the showdown it's like you have 300 hit points but a regular hit could hit you for 90 so it, you're always two to three hits away from death so you always are on the edge of your seat what's great about this game too is that when you level up in this game you feel it like one level up makes you significantly stronger like just going there was one boss i can't remember who it was uh because I, I was playing it like two months ago and I could not beat him, and so I just walked around and leveled up twice. I took him on again, and he was a pushover. Like, you really level up in this game. Like, by the time you beat the game, you should only be, like, level 50, like, around that area. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, say that. Yes, because you, you told us on an older podcast, Stephen, that you leveled up to the point where the game started to regress levels on you. No, actually, that was at later in life when I was, you know, already, you know, beating the game a ton of times. As a kid, I got to the final boss in that game at level 27. What? Because I ran from every fight. Oh, yeah. I was the same way when I was a kid. Like, I never wanted to fight. I thought you had to run away. I said, I'm going to run and save my TP. And well, then, you know, you get to the la- you get to the boss, and the boss smites you in one blow. <laughs> How did that... This is the beginning of Steven, like... I can't believe you didn't platinum Demon Souls, dude. You are you are so insanely hardcore when it comes to games. Like he I'm, always plays hard mode, everything. I know. I'm just like, what is wrong with you, Steven? You are like the Rain Man of video games. <laughs> so. Like, can you say ten minutes to Wapner? Ten minutes to Wapner. <laughs> okay, never mind. John, you were trying so, to say something. So we, I, I want to go back a little bit. You were talking about uh, actually the how you can get infinite number of repair kits, and. This is where I want to start. I, I love Fantasy Star 4, and I'm never going to say that it's anything but a fantastic game. But I have gripes with Fantasy Star 4. Oh, yeah. It has archaic things in it, like the inventory. Inventory, the fact that you can't compare equipment. You know, there, there's lots of things that are not wrong, but, you know, the fact that there there's no way to identify something. Like, the, the game has very obvious tiers of equipment, but you know what? How am I supposed to know if a ceramic sword is better than a laser sword? Personally, I would expect the laser sword to hit a hell of a lot harder than the ceramic sword. Well, or for example, when you get certain guns, you get like a pulse shot, or then a you know, uh, you know, some some of the guns, it's almost impossible to tell the difference. Is like you get like a wave shot and a pulse shot, and it's like, what's the difference? Yeah. Now, when you actually get into the equipment screen, it lets you know. But when you're in a shop and you're like, (laughs) "Uh, should I buy this? Yeah, and it costs thirty thousand. Meanwhile, you have sixty thousand, and it's like, well, I guess I'll buy it. Ah, oh, God. I don't want the biggest numbers. Oh. oh man, it makes Chaz super slow. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Rob, do you have 
on rune uh just a random question two shields yeah two shields good yeah. so rune is just like my turtle magic user <laughs> you put and, him in the back you give him two shields and he smites everything yeah I, I i remember when i lost raja in the game i wanted to cry because i loved having a healer like this game gets brutal when you don't have a designated healer because you're sitting Which, there oh. you're trying to make sure you don't run and, out of tp man, like not yeah. only that, but Raja's level one heal spell heals like 90 HP, <laughs> which in that game is like half of your life. Rob Rob hasn't gotten to the end of the game, which is like the best oh. part. I know, I know. I'm it I'm really still is. trucking along. Like, I, I love this game, and I, I did the air castle today. And we want to talk about gripes. It's not a gripe, but if you don't think that a top-down dungeon can give you a headache, oh my god. Like, I was so lost playing. I, I spent two hours playing the air castle today, and I got completely lost at one point. I was like, I don't know where I am. And then I got to the room that lets you heal yourself, and I was like, yeah, all right, let's do this. You are now halfway. <laughs> I, yeah, I, uh, I mentioned before the show, as a kid, I was like five playing this. And for people who have played, they remember you get through this dungeon and you are, you know, fighting like crazy. And then you fight the bad guys that brought you to the dungeon. And you're like, oh, cool. I'm at the end. I'm going to go into the next room Halfway. and I'm going to get the item I need. And then you walk in and you're in the basement. And as a kid, I was playing it and I fought these guys and I have like nothing left. And I'm like, all right, I just go through this door. I'll grab the thing and then I'll bounce out of here. And I went through the door and I'm in the basement and I literally started crying. And the the boss at the end of that basement was like the hardest boss in the whole game. Like he I barely had got me through stuck. him. I was stuck on that boss as a kid because I mean I played this game over two years as a kid because I just didn't get RPGs yet. I didn't understand that leveling up was a smart thing to do. I was stuck on him for like five months, and I mean I emailed the guy from the Fantasy Star pages and I was like, dude, how do I beat these people? And he's like, you should probably level up. <laughs> what level and are you? Twelve. <laughs> I was I was some horrifically low level because he would use that another gate move and it would instantly kill everybody. Yeah, that uh, this game is brutal. Like, and I, I can't wait to finish it. Uh, yeah, I I disagree. You know what? Fantasy Star Four isn't brutal. Fantasy Star Four is pretty fair. Fantasy Star Two is brutal. Well, yes. true, true. But I think four four rewards hard work. But if you are like one or two levels under where you should be. It's really hard to get. Oh yeah, no, I can't, I can't disagree with that. Yeah, the well, other thing, the other, foolishly. the other antiquated stuff that can be frustrating at times is like there's no overworld map, which is such like a, like at one point the game's like <laughs> go back to the spaceport and I'm like, ah uh, uh, crap. But the space, you know, what, but the, the even though there's no overworld map, you have a spell that will teleport you to any city that sure, you've been to previously. Sure, but then this is what happens, John. Okay, is this the right city? No. Okay. Let's well, go. Well, no, because you remember that the spaceport is right by the city where you killed Zio. What's that city's name? I don't know, but you <laughs> have enough hit points to go through. You know, TP to go and be like, well, I remember it was in this part of the game. Let's go back. You know, I know it's on Motavia. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get there. Damn it! I'm gonna find it. <laughs> no, it, it's a little thing, but the, you know, even it's not the friendliest RPG in the world. Like, like I think you only get five pages of items and I'm constantly um, having to discard stuff. And I love when you don't know what a star do does. And so you're like, okay, well, he the party or he's uh, the whole party. Steven, including I know robots. Steven, I know that now. So like you examine it and it says like a yellow uh, perfume. Also, Rob, that city was called Cattery. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Man. I was just waiting to show off, but good. This man is an encyclopedia. 20 minutes to Wapner. <laughs> so, uh, 
we, we, we've talked a lot about the gameplay here. We haven't talked a whole lot about the story. Okay. Well, the story, no, we talked about the story in the beginning, how it's kind of it. Well, I, I want to go back to my gripes. Uh, uh, oh, oh, I know what you're going to say. Okay, go for it. Go for it. All right. Simpler time, John. Let it yeah. go. John, John, can I, can I act out your gripe? Can I, can I just act out your gripe? Actually, you want to act it out with me? You can be uh, the uh, other uh, guy. Uh, oh, no. My spaceship crash landed. Hey, hey, hey. You know what? I know where there's a spaceship. It's like one town over. Let's go. Wait, wait, wait. But these spaceships are ancient technology and don't exist anymore. It's okay. The bartender in the next town knows how to work it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Let we're we're completely ignoring the fact that Raja, the character that I'm playing, had just had his temple had a spaceship <laughs> land on it. <laughs> and he's just and like, oh, what? let's go. And he starts he starts throwing out jokes. Yeah. <laughs> like Raja, you show up and that game has been so serious to that point. Like you have Chaz and Rune bickering, and you have like you know Rika doesn't get the world, and Demi says awkward things, but you get Raja, and Raja's just flat out telling horrible jokes, and it was hysterical. <laughs> he's he's like you know that uncle. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so what the guys are trying to hint at right now is that the game is very convenient. Like you will like have this amazing escape from this awful you know exploding satellite and land on this miserable sun-soaked station uh station of a planet okay guys our spaceship is completely ruined how are we going to find something well actually two towns over they have a new spaceship what yeah it's conveniently enough it's bigger than your original as well yeah everything's going to be fine like oh but oh wait hold on there's an evil wizard on top of it don't forget that (laughs) the game it, it, it is very convenient like that it's very 90s rpg and i think that Comparing it to Final Fantasy VI or Chrono Trigger, I I can't say that the story is better, but I'm interested. But what's interesting is even though the story isn't better, the individual characters, despite not having long expositions of dialogue, are incredibly well developed and likable. Yeah, all the characters are likable. Even Grizz, who just hits things with an axe, is like. Hey, he has Warcry too. <laughs> yeah, his work well, is just like because he's fighting for his little sibling. Yeah, and like Rune is constantly giving Chaz grief. Rika is just like I'm cute and I have cat ears. Demi also, is just I love Chaz. <laughs> Demi is this tiny little android. Ren is this giant 998 year old, you know, just evil looking dude who just hits things really hard with a rifle. If I recall correctly, in the Japanese version, he was 999. Oh golly! But I don't know why. Steven. And he's he not played the, the same. Nonary game in his previous uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's a reference. Uh, I. It just strikes me as so cool. Like we always think of Final Fantasy VII as like the first real cinematic RPG, and then you play Fantasy Star Four, and it's like, no, this was kind of the start of it, guys. Like you compare the comic book panels of Fantasy Star Four telling the story. To uh, I always remember the scene, like the lovemaking scene in Final Fantasy VI between uh, Tara's parents, and they're like, and the sprites are just dancing around each other, and there's like, you know, stars, and it's just awkward. And then it's like, oh, we have baby Tara. It's like that's how it happens with me. I don't know about you. Well, I mean, (laughs) yeah, that's that's generally how it works. Where do where do half breed espers come from? Well, you just dance around each other for twenty minutes. Sparkles and stars, dances. Stars and we have a child. (laughs) 
but it just the cinematic quality between the two games is awesome, and then the the and fights, you know, and how what, everything too? animates. Even, you know, people gave Final Fantasy VII credit. Oh, it killed the main character. And then people go, oh, Fantasy Star Four killed the main character. Fantasy Star Two kills the main character. Yeah, exactly. And it's, like, the most lovable character ever. Like, to play that game during a young child's sexual awakening, like, you're going to love cat ears for the rest of your life. <laughs> like, you love Nay. Like, you're always going to love her. And then what? She, you have to kill her. At what, like, what? just what? happened? <laughs> what just happened, guys? Yeah, <laughs> I... I, I there's a reason why everybody loves cat-eared anime women. I maybe that's just you. Just me, yeah, I, I don't like Rob. The, the you have insurance, you have a good job. I think you need to go see a therapist. Thank you, John. Thank you. <laughs> no. Oh boy. So I, I think we're all kind of in love with Fantasy Star Four, and I think it's a great game. Like, if you got into JRPGs in the PlayStation One, PlayStation Two era, and you kind of want to go back and play some of the old classics i think you have to play fantasy star 4 like it is such an awesome game and it, it is aged remarkably well like i i'm having more fun playing this than i thought i could well I, it the the nice thing about it is that it's there's nothing that's broken about the game you can go back and play um like kimberly kimberly went back to try and play earthbound and like you have to use menus to talk to people and all those sorts of things that, that put mm -hmm. something between you and the game. Fantasy Star 4 was also one of the first games that I think really understood user interface. Yeah, I mean, it's not perfect. It can, it can be a little cumbersome. Well, but, times, but, but yeah, it can be cumbersome now that we're playing it in 2011. But for a game that was released in 1994, like this got user interface. This has a better user interface than many of the RPGs that are released today. Yeah, and it, then you go back to the number one thing that we were talking about, and John is yelling at people for the macros. Like, the macros make this game awesome. And we didn't even talk about combination attacks, guys. Oh, oh, oh my God. How did we not talk about that? Like, he, here's, here's, here's a good story, Robin. I don't know if you've heard this. When the game came out, the box or the manual says there are 15 combinations attacks. There are 14. And people literally, like, blew up on the Internet trying to find the 15th combination attack. Literally, I remember, like, scouring the internet. This was, like, the early days of the internet. And I was, like, like there was no Google. There was, like, Yahoo and, like, Alta Vista. And I'm looking. I'm, like, what is the 15th combination attack? I can't beat this boss. Maybe it will help me. <laughs> I used to love, like, random urban legends that people invented about games when I was younger. Uh, like, oh, you can resurrect like General Leo. Oh, yeah, yeah, God. exactly. Or you can you can revive Eris if you, you walk can revive Eris if you go if you go find the fish that gives you the materia the holy materia from the bottom of the lake then you can revive Eris. Oh, I remember. But then you have to think back to the the best urban legend that I have, uh, and this is a little preview. We're we're working on a, a editorial feature right now on the best games, the best RPGs of the nineties. Well, Fantasy Star Four is up there. One of the ones that I remember, and this is just a preview of the feature. I beat Castlevania Symphony of the Night, like when it came out that October in 97. I put it on my wall, and I was like, okay, that was an awesome game. Like six months later, my buddy calls me on the phone, and he's like, did you know that there's a second castle in Castlevania Symphony of the Night? And I said, there's a second castle in Castlevania Symphony of the Night. What? And I sat there, and I made my buddy Brian talk me through how to get to the second castle over the phone. And I got to it, and I flipped out. Like I was just like, oh my so god. So did the castle. So did the castle, right? 
like <laughs> how could you keep something like that a secret like you can't do that anymore with video games no because like, they'll be all like well we can't hide content from the user yeah and it, just that kind of stuff or with capcom they just be like users don't want that content <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, we're not going there we're not oh. going there not today <laughs> Oh, the cat. Because that that could be an entire podcast on its own. <laughs> yes, yes. But I've been uh, crying you know, for like four days straight. Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, you already know what's going on with Capcom. We don't need to go there. Yep, we're not going to go there. So just uh, real quick, they have combination attacks in Fantasy Star 4 where two characters use abilities. And I just remember, it, they don't always work, which is kind of a bummer. Like, sometimes they won't happen. But when they do, it is just like, you know... Oh, and the first time you discover one, like, I remember I was like, oh my god, how did I do that? And the first one you I... normally discover is like Firestorm, because you use Foie and... Uh, is it Foie and Zahn? Foey and Zan. Is it Foey? I always just call it Foi. I'm pretty yeah, sure it's Foey. Foi. Yeah, Foi because that's how it's pronounced in Japanese. Yeah, Foi. But you know what? The first one I found is the one that breaks the game for the first like half of the game, which is Triblaster. Oh, is that uh? That's uh, Sue, Foey, and Watt in that order. And oh, if you yeah. make a macro, I mean, literally, you win every fight instantaneously. Nice. And you have to do them in order, right? Some of them, um, like Firestorm, you don't have to. Like, the reason they get interrupted sometimes, Rob, is because an action can happen that interrupts it. Like if an enemy has an agility okay. score that's higher. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it, it's one of the rare RPGs that I actually like. I, I typically don't like JRPGs where you input all of your commands and then the round plays out. I typically don't like that, but Fantasy Star 4 never really... It never makes me feel like I'm out of control. I, I know Persona, I think you also have to assign all your actions but the game doesn't just it's not like the whole wheels come off the truck real quick and you're screwed and you wish you had those action back it never really happens like that since most enemies will kill you in two to three hits and not one so you never feel like you're out of control even though you're planning out the whole round uh, really oh, I can't wait for you to fight the last boss. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight him and well, beat him. I, it's like, so bitchy. Some of my, I, I don't know if Rob is there yet. I, it's been a while since I've gotten through the end. I got up to, uh, to like the second time you get to Desolus, uh, in my last playthrough, and but I just remember like the the reuniting of all of the characters is like, oh, oh my god, this is great. Like yeah, they show up and they're like. Rob has not gotten to that part yet. Yeah, I'm like almost there, and that's they really. They show up, and they're like, "Dude, we heard some stuff's going down. What's up?" It's like getting the band back together. Only it's awesome because you you don't pick your party in this game. The party is but that's very because str- it gives you the best party you could use. Right, right. Well, I would always want Raja, not just you, for his if, jokes, but he keeps everyone well, alive. Well, yeah. The thing is, if you didn't use Rune Ren, Rika, or Chaz, you're a fool because they're the best characters. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. And I, I, you know, Ren is just the giant truck that just takes damage. And he's kind of useless in boss fights, though. I don't think so. Flair is consistently does. It's Flair does a good amount of damage for the entire game. But he always takes so much damage that you're usually recovering one round and then using Flair and then recovering and then using Flair. He's really useful in regular fights, but I I always found Ren to be a little so-so in a boss battle. Did you get, like, Burst Rocket and uh, Positron yeah. Bolt? Yeah, yeah, I got them. Yeah, because one bummer about the game is if you get Ren's abilities late in the game, uh, the number of t- uses you have is based on how many times you've leveled up. So if you get Positron Bolt, like, at the end of the game, then you pretty much will only be able to use it, like, once. But if you get it as early as you can, by the time you get to the last boss, you can use it, like, six or seven times. Yeah. So I think we've we should probably move on to news, but I, I guess what we're saying is 
definitely play Fantasy Star 4. You know, it's it's on a bunch of Sega Genesis collections. Is it part of the Fantasy Star collection? I think that's only two and three. No, one, the, two, the three, right? Game Boy Advance version does not have that's uh, one, two, and three. That's just magic. one of those. That's one of those moments. I just look at Sega and I just I, I do. Well, the, no, the, the like the, I, Would you like to know the logic behind that? Uh, I'm guessing the logic was either to release it separately or it was too big. Too big. Yeah, like, I figured. Like a a, and you know you look at Fantasy Star Four, which had a a sixty or a I'm sorry, a twenty four megabit cartridge, which was one of the biggest at the time. You know, twenty four megabits is like three megs, three megabytes. Which doesn't sound like much, but for the time, that's like two Blu-rays. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been like Final Fantasy 13 releasing on 13 DVDs or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so Why was that so appropriate? <laughs> so we, so we all love fantasy. Oh, also, the music in this game is awesome. The music... Yeah, sorry, that was that was the sound of my rune using Gigra to kill everything. I love the battle music. The opening theme for this game, like Ugh. that got me so like hopefully Zach spliced it into the beginning of the episode instead of our regular intro music. That opening theme is just I remember hearing that for the first time and like I perked up. I Rob, like, okay. the ending theme is a slower version of that. It's awesome. Cool. I'm going to beat this game. All right. So, Fantasy Star 4, go out and play it if you haven't already. John, do we have news to talk about? And yes, not, we do. So, we're not, I we're not allowed to talk about Capcom. Where well, Mega Man Legend Three was canceled, and it's because uh, of you fans not showing enough look, interest. You and you look, and you because we, you didn't make the game for them. Look, we are look. Okay, go. You, okay, it is it is nine oh seven right now. You guys have one minute to go off on Capcom. Why? I already, I already said my piece. Why God? Why? Okay, fine. You okay. have no minutes to go off on Capcom. Wait, no, no, no. I didn't get my minutes. Uh, Say it, Stephen. Here, I'm preaching to the gonna, choir, Stephen. I'm just gonna basically reenact the uh, press conference. Oh, wow! I don't know the names of anyone in Capcom. I was gonna speak Japanese. Okay, here's the deal. <laughs> Inafune-san, bakane. Yes, Inafune-san, bakane. Therefore, let's kill Mega Man, murder him, destroy him, delete his game. Uh, the fans really want this game, though. Well, that's okay. We, they don't know what they want. Let's go ahead and put some stupid red gargoyle thing in Marvel vs. Capcom. Okay. That, that red gargoyle. Firebrand is cool, and I beat Demon's Crest again yesterday. Yeah. Firebrand is cool. However, Mega Man is cooler. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom is their biggest heroes and legends, yet Capcom's most iconic character is somehow not there because people didn't ask for it, even though they did. Wesker's in the game. What are you talking about? Wesker has a really I, funny I, thing in that game. Before Wesker does any special move, you hear a really loud siren blaring, and if you play the game, you will laugh because it happens. Every time he does a move, you hear. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's that's the big news out of Capcom. That's all I gotta say. Mega I just Man. I'm I'm just crying uh, constantly. My life. Is Mega has Man Legends that great of a game. I Mega Man Legends it is it awesome. Looked, it looked horrible when I saw Rob, it as a kid. Rob, it's Zelda with Mega Man, only Mega Man style. Okay. All right. You get roller skates. Right there's a win. The second part, yeah. That makes it good. All right, John, what else you got for us? All right, we got a couple of indie RPGs that hit the PC. We have Dungeons of Dreadmoor, which is a roguelike, and then we have the two uh, Xbox Live indie games, uh, Breath of Death 7 and Cthulhu Saves the World. Working on those for review, guys. Uh, Yeah. Just about done Breath of Death, and then I'm going to do Cthulhu. 
Cthulhu Saves the World and Breath of Death are a combined three dollars, and Dungeons of Dreadmore is five. If you like JRPGs, classic JRPGs, go for the bundle. If you like roguelikes, go for Dreadmore. If you like both of those things, well then, you sir have a good way to spend eight dollars. Yep. Uh, just saying, uh, I'll have my review up for uh, both the Breath of Death and Cthulhu. Hopefully by the end of next week, you know, we'll see how much Fantasy Star gets in the way of that. Uh, just real quick. Definitely awesome games for three bucks on Steam. I think they just said that they sold more copies of Cthulhu Saves the World in like six days on Steam than they did in the entire like eighteen yeah. months or whatever they well, were on. Advertising well, like, helps. Well, it's not even just advertising. Well, advertising in the sense that like Xbox Live indie games are like the armpit of Xbox Live. Yeah, and they're tucked in like you have to go like eight pages in. So if you don't know that you want to go look at indie games, like they don't. You know, no one would see it. It's not like you go and it's like you log into Xbox Live and it's like Old World Blues now out, which is my next news story. Um, it go download it. It's like, oh, do, do you want to play this indie game? We'll go into five menus. Yep. And that's yeah. where. Go ahead. On on Steam, it was like you log in and it's like, oh, top selling game, Breath of Death. I mean, yeah, it's... Robert Boyd was saying on his blog that, um, you know, it's just a lot easier. There's so much more visibility on PC that they can just get it out there to more people. And um, with the indie games, nobody's going to go in there and say, I want to drop three dollars on something I've never heard of. Whereas a PC user is a lot more likely to say three bucks. That's chump change. I'll grab that. No problem. Yep. Yep. Definitely great games. So what else you got for us, John? Old uh... World Blues is out and I'm working on the review for that. And it's it's really, really good. It's kind of like Point Lookout, right? It's a whole new area. Yeah, no. Every every DLC for uh, uh, New Vegas has been let's go to a separate area. Okay. So you get um you get, you go to this new area called uh oh god I it's I forgot Motavia. No, it's not Motavia. Uh, it's Desilus. Desilus. Oh, okay. Or Desiris, depending on what fancy star you're playing. Oh, Dark Phallus. Uh, so it's a, it's a place called Big Mountain. Um, Big MT, and because it's MNT capitalized, everyone calls it the Big Empty. <laughs> oh, I so I did that. It, it's uh, in the sense that all of Fallout is kind of making fun of science fiction from the 50s and 60s. This is like putting you in a science fiction B movie from that time. Like the very first thing that happens to your character is they take out his brain and his heart and his uh, spine and replace them with like robotics. And there are these five robot overlords that pretty much have you going out and doing their bidding. You've been lobotomized. Like it's, 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 it's wacky and kooky. You know, you have a toaster that is megalomaniacal (laughs) And you have to feed it appliances. And <laughs> this sounds it, awesome. <laughs> it, it's very, very unique. And if if you're into that weird kooky stuff, it's great. Even if you're not, the quests have been very fun so far. It's actually been challenging. One of the issues that I had with Honest Hearts was Honest Hearts was really, really easy. Well, I definitely want to try New Vegas again because I know they just released a major patch that supposedly brings the game up to like running capabilities. And yeah, I'm on, kind of interested to try it again on, to give it a better shot. Xbox, the patch was 14 megs, which is not much, but considering the average Xbox game patch is like 500 kilobytes, 
that's a gargantuan patch. It was something like 25, it might have been 250 megs on PC, but like, I started playing it again just briefly, and it's definitely smoother now. Like, I remember when I reviewed New Vegas, and John, you were right with me on that review, like, there's so many headache problems, and it's like, it's kind of cool to maybe go back and try it now with all that stuff taken away, because I think Obsidian's writing wasn't the problem that I had with that game. It was mostly mechanics decisions and just the overall yeah, well, jankiness. You, you still run into issues. Like, in one of the reasons that Old World Blues is more difficult is because you're fighting a lot of robots and they have a very high damage threshold. Oh, uh, that was the number one thing I hated about that so, game. But the game also gives you a lot of energy weapons. But energy weapons have very low damage mm, ratings. They give you energy weapons that are very specific to fighting robots. Okay. Okay. All right. No, that's cool. Because that was my, that was my problem with the game was the whole damage threshold thing that made me want to strangle a puppy. Yeah. No. I. It, it's still frustrating because I went in with my riot shotgun, which my riot shotgun mowed down everyone and everything in honest hearts, and it was like, do shoot Robo Dog, and Robo Dog's like, ha ha ha, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And then we figured out that you could just play that game literally fisticuffs and just punch harder than God and Chuck Norris. <laughs> Like, uh, whatever. Okay. All right. More news. That's More news. impossible. Um, <laughs> Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky. If you are a European, and I know that many of you are, it will be out in soon. I don't know. It doesn't have a date in this article. Cool. Play it. It's so good. You have no idea. Can I, um, can yeah. I, it, what? Go ahead. No, keep going. I have a news story to bring up. Uh, just it, Trails in the Sky classic jrpg it's like 60 hours long um it's i think ghostlight bring yeah ghostlight's bringing it out in the uk and, and yeah. europe if, it's honestly one of the best jrpgs in a really long time and for me it's at the very top of the psp library it is so oh, good psp oh dang it i need the ps vita that way i can play it uh can i gloat now john uh, i don't even know about what but okay so the june npd numbers came out oh my god well, I'm waiting for July NPD because uh, Dungeons Eve was only out for nine days in June. But... I'm still saying it should have cracked the top ten in nine days. If it didn't crack the top ten in nine days, that game is not cracking the top ten. All right. Well, we'll see. You know what? I may be donating $10 to the charity of Rob's choice. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought this was going to the charity of Rob. What? What, <laughs> what is this charity business? <laughs> no, no, no. no. We'll, we'll definitely donate it to charity. There's there's no sense in, in being uh, – assy about the whole thing so sure. uh but we'll see we'll see we'll see. i mean again i have no ill will toward dungeon siege 3 it's just that i didn't think the game i think they did market it a lot better than i thought they were going to certainly a lot better than ea did shadows of the damned but they did well, a well, job hey, hey hold on hold on hold on before you go and knock on ea for shadows of the damned marketing Shadows of the Dam was released using the EA Partners program, which is the same program that we saw Rock Band released and we saw uh, Brutal Legend released. EA just published that. They didn't. They they used all of EA's distribution and all of that. EA was not behind the marketing. Okay. Okay. Now that's it's a shame though. I mean, Shadows of the Damned has problems, but I was hoping it would at least sell something. No, I I now. I'm disappointed with a lot of the numbers from there, and considering Duke Nukem Forever sold like 400,000 Yeah, copies. and that uh, uh, and that's more just people wanting to watch a train wreck. You know, people paid 60 bucks to watch a train uh, train wreck. Yeah, I think a lot of people just bought that on principle. I, I, well, I don't know it was why. also on Steam sale for like 20 bucks, and I'll admit I almost picked it up. All right. Uh, 
more news. I don't want to talk about Duke Nukem forever. No. All right. Uh, Final Fantasy 13 2 is coming out in January. Get your hater pants ready. Yeah, I think it's, that's biased. I think it's actually going to be better than the first one based on what I see. Should I even play it? I Didn't don't we know. have this discussion last time? No, yeah. no, 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 no. But no, that's not my question. Is that I will have no idea what's going on in this game because I didn't finish thirteen. Then just watch the ending. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. There's going to be a freaking uh, encyclopedia that you can go through and read oh, goody. everything. I'm sure. Uh, White Knight Chronicles two coming out in September in North America. Uh, sorry, delayed. Sorry. delayed. Yeah, it's our. Well, it was delayed to September. Yeah, delayed to September. It was originally summer, I think. Well, at least it's September because that anything October is just looking. I I was so happy. Speaking of delays, I was so happy to see Darkness 2 get pushed because I really want to play Darkness 2. It looks awesome. And they pushed it to February. And I'm like, thank God. Give that game some room. Like White Knight coming out in September, that's still okay. But if that game got pushed to October, oh, my God, it would have been swamped. Like, I have like six games coming out in September myself, so I don't know. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, for me, it's like Dead Island, September sixth. That's the one that I'm looking forward to. But Pre- pre-order bonuses: Dead Island. Um, oh, can't wait for Dead Island. Star Wars: The Old Republic, uh, Lord of the Rings: War in the North. All those things have special pre-order. Are we covering stuff. War of the North? Yeah. It's an action game. No, it's not. It's an RPG. Really? Like it's here. Yeah. Well, never huh. mind. Never mind. Never mind. Rob, okay. I have played it. Have you? I, but it it it, it looks. I don't know. It looks. Like you know what? Here. Okay. Here, okay, here. okay. 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 No. No. I. We're going to have a conversation about this. Um. Born in the Rust, developed by Snowblind, which Snowblind was the were the folks who developed uh, uh, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance and Champions of Norath. Oh. It's similar to that. Where. Oh. It's, okay. But it's done with a more action-oriented engine. Like, it's, you have, it's not quite the level of Hunted, where Hunted was Gears of War with a fantasy skin. Gears of War with bows and arrows. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's a combination of a more Gears of War-style action game, or not Gears of War, I'm sorry, God of War-style action game, with legitimate RPG uh, systems. Okay, Uh, maybe I was just looking at it wrong, so that's cool. Uh, And so all these pre-order bonuses... Dead Island, uh, and and uh, Star Wars, they're saying holiday release? I don't even think they have a release date for it yet. Yeah, no release date, but they said that they're looking at a holiday. Okay, so isn't uh, there some game coming out that involves loot and awesomeness pretty soon? With a beta or something? Uh, yes, I I think we're going to hear about the Diablo 3 beta in the next week. So. Set, for, set for release in 2014. You know what? It's going to be the game of the year in 2014. You're optimistic. <laughs> yeah. um, so... I, I, more news, more news. Uh, we have actually two of those games that have pre-order bonuses also have massive collector's editions. Both Star Wars The Old Republic and uh, War in the North have collector's editions that are more than $100. Uh, we have the collector's edition for The Old Republic, which is 150 Good God. Which has a whole bunch of stuff with it. <laughs> So now, uh, do we need all this crazy crap? I mean, I'll be honest, I was kind of lured to the collector's edition of Batman and Arkham City, but I said no. Like, I'm I'm kind of getting tired of crazy crap on my walls, you know? Oh, I hear you. And you know what? You, you see some of these. Like, I picked up the Killzone uh, 3 collector's edition for $40. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. Like, 
Then the um, I mean, I just think that when you have like the Dark Souls special edition, you had the Demon Souls special edition, Catherine, like these special editions that are incentivizing you to pre-order rather than spend a hundred dollars. Like which Catherine has the two special editions. Which honestly, one of my favorite special editions was the Civ Four special edition, which was a pre-order and you get the soundtrack and the Spiral Bound instruction booklet. And then I paid the extra forty dollars for the Civ Five collector's edition which was easily my worst purchase of a collector's edition ever yeah and i think that that's kind of what we're hinting at is like i think it's cool to be incentivized to buy a pre-order but don't make it more you, you know? want to know what the worst collector's edition i ever bought was uh. final fantasy 14 because you know what it's 25 dollars now and that makes me want to <laughs> gouge my eyes out every time i see it at gamestop apparently they're still working on it apparently hey, they're Derek, trying to fix Derek, it did they fix it because i know that patch came out is it still awful or did they uh, actually? i was able i was actually playing it today it's like getting there it's getting it has there auto to... attack so it's kind of it's getting closer but uh you think it's, it's, it's got a long it, ways to go I just I, I feel I, like a long ways to go after this long. Yeah, that it's, game is screwed because it's coming up on its one year anniversary. It's been out for ten months now, oh, and it still isn't a fully featured oh, game, and that you know, makes me really sad. Me. If you if you want to play an MMO, Cataclysm, Rift, Star Wars is coming out. Um, I'm gonna get Terra. Gonna Guild get Wars Terra. two. Guild Wars two. Um, I don't think that Final Fantasy fourteen is the way to go. Do we think it's coming back? That was one of my predictions was that it wasn't coming back. What? what? That they weren't going to release the PS3 version like it was. They, they there no, was actually that. Well, they they say that they're going to. There was actually a recent news update that's not in our news segment here that they were still working on it. Yep, uh, that's maybe still one of my predictions. Poll, maybe they'll do a poll of the fans on their boards and use that to determine whether or not they bring it back. <laughs> Mega Man in Final Fantasy XIV <laughs> confirmed. All right, um, we two gotta, more news. Yeah, let's finish it up here. Two more news stories. Uh, the first download content for Dragon Age Two is going to be out probably. Around the time that you are listening to this, Dragon Age Two: The Apology. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's going to be ten dollars. So it's a a small form DLC. It's going to be out July twenty sixth. Can I just say real quick that I I know a lot of people had huge problems with Dragon Age Two. We had a whole podcast about it. I I think Dragon Age Two has a lot of problems, but overall that was a very fun game. It just it was rushed, and it, it had problems with repeating environments and the enemy waves. It was it was annoying, but, like, I really hope that they listen to everybody on this, and it sounds like Bioware is going to make the next Dragon Age an apology, and it's kind of like, let's see what they do with the DLC. They've already said that they're addressing some of those issues with the DLC, so let's see how Dragon Age 2 plays with more of a Dragon Age 1 kind of world vibe. So I'm interested in it. I might pick it up. So it, It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I, that, I just think people saying that it's like the worst game ever made. I'm like, OK, even when Bioware yeah. kind of screws up, it's still a pretty good game. Yeah, like I still played the whole game and enjoyed it and I dig the characters. Yeah. So last news story, John, go. My very last news story. I saved the best for last. Yeah, Hyper, Hyper Dimension Neptunia Mark Two. Hyper Dimension Neptunia Mark Two is going to allow you to, as an in-game attack, summon KG Inafune. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, Maybe I am bring not. Mega Man with him. It's like a giant photoshopped KG Inafune sword. It's ridiculous. It, it is. If, if you haven't seen this news story because you don't care about Neptunia Mark II, um, go and look. It's uh, We posted it on July 17th. 
I think I need to look at this. <laughs> and it, it is like when I looked at it and I saw the news story, I had to make sure that we weren't posting a joke. <laughs> because it really you look at it and you go this can't what no it is that the awesome. third picture in that story is my favorite where he's shooting lasers out of his mouth oh good it starts out with a chicken panties <laughs> i don't think the video has inafune in it i think it's just the screenshots oh well in that case i kill it for this video <sighs> okay so i think we i think we fit the end gentlemen so oh no no wait i guess the video is inafune oh really oh look they have another good shot of some girl's panties this, oh, is, God. this definitely seems like the kind of game... You're that, the one I, that's noticing it. Well, Sigh. Sigh. All right. So... Oh, KG and Fune spits a laser at them. Laser beam. Well, thank you, uh, everybody, for joining me on this, you know, uh, Fantasy Star 4 podcast. You guys on the boards, let us know what you guys think about this. Uh, you know, we definitely hit slumps during the year where there aren't a whole lot of RPG releases, and we still want to get a podcast out to you guys. So why are you just posting JPEGs like crazy, Stephen? God, stop it. Um, we definitely want to do these kind of podcasts some more. I know we talked about doing a Chrono Trigger podcast at some point. So maybe some older RPGs, a chance to really you know talk about some classic games, maybe if you weren't around for those kind of things. It's kind of cool to listen to people talk about it, and then you can go back and play them. You know, things like Steam make it fairly easy to go and play these games again. So. You know what? Someone needs to re-release the Genesis Shadowrun on something. Oh my god, I love that game. The Genesis Shadowrun was... You oh. want to talk about a game that was ahead of its time. Like, holy crap. The Genesis Shadowrun is pretty much, like, it has the exact same world as Deus Ex. Yep, and it's awesome. So, uh, speaking of that, we definitely have a lot of podcasts planned for you here in the next couple months. We definitely are going to have a huge Human Revolution podcast uh, as we get into August, with looking at an August 23rd release date. Steven and I will hopefully be smashing some zombies' heads uh, toward the beginning of September with Dead Island. What was that? I was just said that's what's up. Oh, okay. But I said it like Turk. Oh, all right. And then we're going to have uh, lots of games to talk about in October and November. A little game called Dark Souls is going to be coming out. And then we're going to have our Dance Central 2 podcast. Well, right, baby. Yeah. Is that before or after the Barbie Horse Adventure podcast? Oh, after. We already had that. Way to be up to date. Thanks for listening. Was I not invited? Sorry. <laughs> Did you want to be? Yes. I, w- I didn't want to be invited to that. I got invited by accident. So for Stephen, um, for John, stop it. For Stephen, for John, for Derek, and for myself, thanks everybody for listening. Make sure to keep uh, messaging us on the boards and subscribing through iTunes or the RSS feed. Talk to y'all latest.